Welcome to The O Show, your number one podcast for everything training, mindset, and nutrition. I am your host, Oren McCurry, and it is my goal to help you access the best information around to allow you to kick ass in the gym, in the kitchen, and most importantly, in your head. Between my own experiences and those of my amazing guests, I'm confident we will do that. So let's strap in and level up your life starting right now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, guys. Welcome to episode two of the O Show, season three. And we are here with somebody who was actually meant to come on season two. The stars didn't align. And now I was like, I need to get this guy on for season three. We have Mr. Paulie Vu, Australia's first ever classic physique pro and current IFB promoter for the WAS series over here. Paulie, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time overdue, so I'm glad I can make it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you're obviously somebody who I see a lot in the gym because we both work together at Doherty's. Um, but to actually get you on the podcast, get your story out there, let people know who you are, and also talk about the amazing transition into now show promoter is um it's gonna be an interesting podcast, man. So I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So I mean, let's get a bit of a background. How did you get involved in bodybuilding and training? And give me, give us a little bit of the the, the backstory there. Sure, man. Um, so growing up, I was actually into uh, martial arts. I wasn't into weight training. Um, so from my love of martial arts, I became a personal trainer when I was nineteen, and then um, you know I started training weights as well during that time, just for myself. Never thought I'd actually be a bodybuilder, funny enough. Um, but, um, you know, I had a few friends around me that competed and I went to, went to go support a friend compete. Uh, we were both the same age. I think I was 21. And then um, I went with a group of boys from the gym and, um, you know, they were kind of egging me on saying that I looked better than the guys on stage, you know? And, um, you, know, I was like, you know, I was like, you screw it. You know what? I'm going to give this a shot. I, um, Jumped in to the next season. Um, I ended up winning my first show, and um, I just hooked up for that. You know, it was it seemed to be something that I could be good at. I loved the discipline. I loved the fact that the harder I worked, the more sort of progress I could make. Um, yeah, so that's how I kind of got into bodybuilding. Awesome, man! Awesome. And when was that first show then? So that was back in uh, 2013. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So nine years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that transition here from like going to see your first show, deciding that, hey, I could do this. I, I, I'm in a pretty good spot. And then doing that first show and then moving up the ranks to winning your pro card. Then how did you find that journey from amateur to pro? Um, I never really, like when I, like I said, I kind of did my first show out of a bit of a whim. Um, so I never really had these grand goals of like, uh, I want to be a pro, I want to make it to the Olympia, whatever. Um, it was always just about being a better self, you know, like always like, you know, I've done one thing, you know, I won a state show. So the first season I did, I won my state show and I went over to nationals. I got third in my class. Um, so after that season, I was like, all right, you know, I won my state show. The next goal is to be able to win my class at nationals. You know, and then eventually I kept competing. I did that, and I was like, "Now it's time for me to win an overall at a state state level." And I did that, and then the next step after that was a pro card. So um, yeah, it was just a step by step process. Uh, it was never like 
I need to I need to be a pro. I need to make it to Olympia. I was just like, all right, I'm just trying to get better and better as the years went by. Yeah, awesome. And what do you think was probably the biggest lesson during that time looking back? Like if you could give advice to some of the guys who are maybe amateurs on here now and maybe they've got this same mindset where they don't want to go pro, but they want to do the best they can. Like what will be the biggest piece of wisdom you could impart for them to go through that amateur to pro journey? Um, probably just being consistent is probably the hardest thing. Um, so staying consistent because the thing is like, things never work out the way you think it's going to work out. You know, yeah. like there's so many times where shows didn't go the way I wanted. I've even missed shows. I've been um, not allowed to do divisions that I wanted to do. Um, there's been yeah, so many times where things just didn't go the way I wanted it to, but I just, I just kept on going and it all eventually paid off. Yeah, awesome, man. And then how did that impact your coaching and then growing? As obviously you said, you became a PT, I think you said at 19, and then started to compete. So did you find that then you started to com- coach more competitors who could see you rise through the ranks or were you still sort of training, you know, your normal sort of gym goers at that stage? Yeah, once I started doing um, pretty well in bodybuilding, I think my, my biggest breakthrough in my earlier days were Probably around 2015, I had one um, at my state show. I won the overall. Um, and I won the overall as a, you know, a real light bodybuilder. I was probably 72 kilos at that stage. And I was beating, you know, guys that were 100 kilos plus. Yeah. Um, so I won the overalls. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, so I won the overalls at the WA show. And then I moved on to do the Nationals and the Amateur Olympia, where I had won my class in both of those um and i think i kind of made my name well i did make my name on the type of conditioning i I brought to stage and then um after that everyone was coming to me because they wanted to know how i got that shredded you know yeah um so yeah i started becoming a a comp prep coach you know i still train everybody but um yeah i started to bring in a lot of comp prep competitors yeah awesome man awesome and that's obviously still something you do today but you like you say you've got a mix of that so in terms of like which do you prefer because i find the coaches sometimes we always think we want the athletes but then it also comes with different headaches and that versus the normal person who just wants to transform their body so which do you find you gravitate towards prefer and to coach with when you're with people Listen, I probably find comp prep a little bit more interesting just because obviously that's sort of my field of expertise. And I kind of find that, you know, all the research and studies that I have done come more into fruition having to help, you know, these good level bodybuilders take it to that next level. Um, But in saying that, you know, I got into personal training because fitness had changed my life. And I wanted to give that back to others. So, you know, I get just as much satisfaction helping, um, you know, the average Joe Blow, you know, getting fit, getting a six pack and for him to transform his life. I get just as much satisfaction from that. Um, So really it's just um, any client who's willing to um, put in the work, who's actually willing to make that transformation for themselves because, um, you know, that's what I love to see. I love helping people change their lives. 
Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. And then let's talk about actually that pro card win, right? Where you, you went through the ranks for, for those years, 2015. What year did you actually then win your pro card? So 2018 at the Arnold Classic is when I won yeah. my pro card. I thought so, because we just moved over at that stage. And at that time, I had didn't met, meet you until you actually started working in Doherty's maybe 2019 or yeah, 2019 maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was listening to Aussie Muscle Asylum and all I heard was Paul Vu from Perth, you know, he's going on to win his pro card. And then I remember there was a bit of a debate on there about, you know, should Paulie do classic or should he do bodybuilding? And the whole panel was pretty much split where certain people were saying, yeah, Paulie's got a perfect classic shape and other people were saying, Paulie's a bodybuilder. So in terms of going into that show, were you, were you personally like all in on classic or did you kind of have these conflicting thoughts of, well, should I stick to what I'm, I'm known for in bodybuilding and try to do that? Or what, what was your thoughts there? I was all in for classic, man. Yes. Um, yeah, it's funny because I just before that sh- that season was coming up, I was uh, I was adamant that I wasn't going to compete for a while. Um, I, I think I just had put a home deposit on my first home. I was twenty five, um, so like I said, all my money went towards my home. So I didn't really have much um, backing, financial backing at that time. But um, as soon as they had announced that Classic Physique would be um, introduced to Australia, I knew that was me all over. I, yeah. I truly believe that uh, my physique was classic and I uh, had every chance to win that pro card. So, um, yeah, so I did hear a lot of those discussions, which uh, which annoyed me, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I think a lot of those people only kind of said that I'm a bodybuilder just because up until that point, I was doing very well in bodybuilding. You know, I yeah. was... Um, Obviously, I had no choice outside of that to do bodybuilding, and I was winning a lot of my shows. Um, I think a lot of people kind of wanted me to continue and want to probably make be a, a 212 pro. Um, but uh, my, my sights were definitely set on classic. It's um, I, I believe my shape um, accentuates what classic is and also my, my posing as well. Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome, man. You can definitely tell that with your posing. You probably were posing like that back in the day, I imagine, even in bodybuilding. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. But in terms of like other people might have might be going through the same thing where they might be deciding between, you know, bikini or wellness or bikini and figure or men's physique or classic physique or classic physique or bodybuilding. What advice would you give to somebody who maybe doesn't know where they fit and they're thinking of maybe trying both or locking in on one, like, how did you, like, what would you give advice to a client who maybe was undecided on that front? Um, probably two pieces of advice I'll give is, uh, firstly, maybe if it is your first show, just um, try a couple of divisions, see what you prefer. Um, and the second piece of advice is do what you want to do. So what I mean by that is, you know, some people, might do men's, even though they might they want to do classic physique in the future, they think they're not good enough for their first show, so they start off with men's physique. Or they want to be this big bodybuilder, but again, you know, that's early in their career, and they're like, oh, man, I'm not big enough for bodybuilding, I'll do classic or men's physique instead. I think that's rubbish. Um, I think do what you want to do long-term. So if your goal is to be a bodybuilder, 
don't start yourself in physique, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. because you don't feel like you're big enough to do bodybuilding. Because one, you're not going to train like a bodybuilder if you're going to do men's physique. Um, you're not going to learn bodybuilding posing if you're doing men's physique, you know. Yeah. Um, you don't have, you don't gain the experience of standing in, in these bodybuilding lineups and being compared to these other bodybuilders. So even if you are a really shit bodybuilder to begin with, <laughs> I would still stick to that. Like I, I, I know some people they when they compete, they just they want to win. You know, and I understand that, but like if you want to get good at something, you need to throw yourself into it. Um, so do do what you think you, you should be doing. You know. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And I guess like to relate back to your journey, you were seventy two kilos and beating people who are over hundred. So people might be thinking, I can't do bodybuilding because I'll be going up against people, you know, bigger than me. But like you literally beat people who were thirty kilos heavier than you. So that goes to show yeah. that you know where you're at. Like as long as you've got the right package to bring to stage, you could pull off and like get a name for yourself for being one of these bodybuilders like you were or like Sean Clarita is, who's quite a small guy but beating all the guys who are bigger, right? So just because yeah. maybe they don't have the is the size now or the weight behind them i should say it doesn't mean that they maybe shouldn't consider bodybuilding because they get like you said they're getting compared to these guys as they go up through the weight categories absolutely man and i'll tell you a, a funny short story is when i after my first uh season of a couple of seasons of competing i had a um i won't mention any names but i had a respected bodybuilder tell me uh, that i should quit bodybuilding and do men's physique because uh, <laughs> I, I'm known for my small waist. Um, so his theory was, you know, I'll just do men's physique. And um, I said, fuck that. Like, I don't want to do that <laughs> shit. Like, no, no offense to men's physique, guys. Um, but I want to be a bodybuilder, you know? Obviously, classic wasn't around back then. Um, and I stuck to it. I stuck to bodybuilding. I did that. Um, and I, got, I did really well while I was a bodybuilder. And then, obviously, eventually, I won my uh, pro card in classic. And um that same person tried to congratulate me when i won my pro card and i shrugged him off <laughs> <laughs> nice man that's funny oh killer killer man and it just goes to show what's possible right where you are literally you ignored the advice and look what's happened now pro like pro card win and you've competed now as a pro and now you're a promoter as well in the ifbb so it's been a hell of a journey mate yeah that's it that's it yeah, and then let's talk about actually then going from winning that pro card to competing as a pro. Like, how did you find that going from like being the best amateur in Australia and winning that pro card to then, you know, you're essentially, you're the newcomer into the classic physique pro division and you're unknown, like on the pro level. How did you find jumping in and doing those pro shows and going up against the big boys, like the big names in the industry? I mean, yeah, it was definitely a, a wake up call, you know, like, when I competed at amateur level, like I said, I, I quickly rise to the top of the amateur ranks. And, you know, no, no offense to anybody, but when you compete at amateur level, there's usually only a small handful of people that really good, look good and everyone else is somewhat mediocre. Uh, when you compete at a pro level, you know, obviously all these guys are pros. They are incredible. You know, everyone's, everyone's muscular, everyone's shredded, everyone knows how to pose, right? Like, when I was competing as an amateur, you know, like I was known for my conditioning, I was known for my posing, you know. So there were like two things I, I kind of knew I would probably have against everybody else. But um, at the pro level, 
everyone's got everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're, you're fighting for the percentages, right? Like um, if you come off 5% at a pro level, that's a, you know, four or five placings that you probably drop, you know? You yeah. come off 5% at an amateur level, you probably scrape by. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a huge difference uh, competing at a pro level. Everyone's, um, everyone's on point, everyone's good. Yeah, so what was, the, what was the first pro show that you then done after being uh, a newly minted IFBB pro? So I actually did my pro debut six days after winning my pro card. Uh, so my, my original plan was um, to do the Arnold Classic in Australia to go for my pro card. And if I wasn't, if I didn't win that pro card, I would have flown over to New Zealand for a second chance to win my pro card. But I obviously won it at the Arnold's. Um, I had my flights booked to New Zealand. So I was like, screw it. Let's, uh, let's jump in the deep end. Let's do my pro debut after six days. <laughs> uh, and I got, yeah, I got a fifth in that show. Nice. Um, which is, yeah, pretty decent pro debut. It was still, still a little bit of a wake-up call, you know, like um, I'm used to being right in the center. I'm used to being right in the mix, you know, so to kind of be a little bit on the outside. It was uh, a bit different. Um, but, yeah, it was a good experience. Yeah, nice. And then what, you've done a couple, right? So where, where did you then go after that or when was the next one? So that was the start of 2018. I did that. And then the end of 2019, I ended up doing uh, two shows in America and one show in Canada. Yep. Um, and yeah, those shows, I really got to go up, you know, see where I stood at the pro level. You know, all these shows had 30 plus pros in it. Um, I'm going to say about four or five Olympians. So, you know, competitors that competed at the Olympia that got, you know, top 10, top five placings. Um, so I got to got to see what I look like next to some of these guys. And um, I definitely had a lot of work to do, but I definitely didn't feel out of place. Yeah, good. Good, man. And then obviously that was end of 2019 and then COVID happened, right? Yeah, so um, everyone's got a bit of a COVID story. Um, <laughs> yeah, COVID kind of happened for me, and um, I mentally I didn't take it very well. I um, I was actually very fortunate during lockdowns that I um, I was actually able to train properly. So all I was doing was eating, sleeping, and training, uh, which sounds like a bodybuilder's dream, but I kind of felt unfulfilled doing that. Yeah. Um, it, and I guess a lot of time in isolation, you know, I, I lived on my own. I was obviously working from home. Um, gave me a lot of time to reflect on my life. And there was just a lot of areas that I felt like I've neglected. Um, so again, you know, I've been competing since I was 21 years old. So all of my 20s were devoted towards bodybuilding. And, um, you know, bodybuilding, particularly at the high levels, takes a level of obsession. And, um, you know, I took it to that level and I just felt like there's a lot of areas in my life that I just needed to, to bring up. And um, that was sort of the start of my reasoning to retire from bodybuilding. Nice, man. And then when was that that you actually made the decision to, to call it a day on that? Um, so lockdowns finished. I, um, you know, I... I I started having those feelings, like I just said, and I, um, I kind of just pushed through, you know, like I had these goals of competing at the Olympia and, um, 
you know, I was forcing myself to do, you know, to be a professional bodybuilder and everything that entails. And, um, you know, professional bodybuilding or bodybuilding in general takes a lot of sacrifice. And unless you really love it, like I used to, it, it didn't seem like much of a sacrifice, but towards the end, because I wasn't enjoying it, I wasn't enjoying where my life was at. It started to feel like a lot of a sacrifice to me, you know, like I started um, resenting bodybuilding a little bit. I felt like I was holding my life back. And um, early 2021, um, my mom actually almost um, passed away. She had to undergo major throat surgery. Um, and this was very sudden, like pre before that she was perfectly healthy. And then one day came by and she was facing death. Um, and then so after that moment, I kind of just realized like, I, I want to sort of value my time with my family and friends a little bit more than I do um, working towards my bodybuilding goals. Um, so that's officially when I, I put my foot down and stepped away from the sport. Yeah, for a man, for, and then how have you found that transition? Because obviously you're still in killer shape. I remember actually you retired and I remember talking to somebody at the gym like 12 weeks or, you know, 16 weeks later and they're like, fuck, he still looks good, do we prick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so how have you found that transition, um, bro? Yeah, the initial transition was, was very tough. I, um, like I said, I was very put off bodybuilding towards the end. I, um, so I completely took a step away. I was training weights maybe like once a week. Um, I started doing other sports like uh, martial arts. Like I said, martial arts was sort of my first love in fitness. So I started doing that again just to fill my time. Like fitness is always going to be a part of my life, but um, I just didn't really sort of want to weight train or bodybuild at that time. Um, so I kind of got back into martial arts. Um, I can't, my body got beat up a lot. <laughs> um, you know, I was obviously a very sort of like big, rigid bodybuilder that when I tried to do a sort of, I guess, more functional sport, um, my body just didn't quite handle it well. Yeah. And then um, that, that led me down the road of kind of training more for um, function and athletics, uh, which is where I'm sort of at now. Yeah, fair, man. Fair. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about when I said with that comment, because you were literally training weights once a week and you still looked so good. It was like, Jesus, guys, genetics are crazy. <laughs> um, so how has that changed versus now? Like, are you still doing sports? Or are you back with more weight training now? Like, how have you then transitioned from that phase into where you're at now? Yeah, so I'm mostly training uh, weights again. Um, my weights program isn't really... Um, prioritized towards building muscle um, it's a lot more to do with how well my body moves um, so obviously there will be a you know a bit of a benefit of building some muscle but um, that's not my main focus right now yeah fair man fair and then let's talk about like the main reason we came on here like what made the decision to jump from ifb right, retired ifbb pro into now the ifbb promoter for wa like Talk to us about that journey to becoming that promoter and why you decided to throw your name behind it. Um, so I've, uh, it's always been something in my mind to have my own show, you know, like I, I always thought it would be a, a great privilege to have my own show. Um, it's a great way to sort of to give back to the people. Um, so um, 
we here in WA have not had a show since the start of 2020. So almost two years now. Um, shows get, kept getting cancelled, um, even though Western Australia were virtually COVID-free. Um, what made it hard was the promoter, uh, WA promoter was living in another state, uh, which made it more difficult to, for us to run the show. So for a while, I was, um, I put, I, I was throwing my name out there. I was like, listen, if you, if you guys need to run this more in-house, more locally, I'm more than happy to do it. Um, so at the start of this year, um, borders weren't going to open. Um, the IFU Pro League and Tony Doherty reached out to me and said, hey, we need you to put on this show. And I, um, I took it on. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about that, that show upcoming. Like, when is it? Where is it? And how do people find out more? Cool. So we're running a show on April 9th. It's at the Regal Theatre in Subiaco. Um, I'm really excited about this show. Again, like I said, it's going to be two years since we've had a Pro League show here in WA. And I feel like the bodybuilding industry here in Perth is forever growing. Um, you know, we've been behind the Eastern States for a while, but I feel like, you know, all the bodybuilding and fitness enthusiasts in Perth are really raising their standard. And I'm really excited to see everybody on April 9th. Yeah, man. And like from that point of view, I've only been in Australia for four years, but in those four years, we've had two classic physique pros come out of WA. We've had numerous bikini pros come out. Like, so it always seems like when, when there has been shows running that, and we've made it like people have made it to nationals where you can win those pro cards. Like WA has done pretty good. So the fact that we've then got this show as like a, a lead in towards the, the pro qualifiers is, is insane. And I think WA has tremendous potential based off what I've seen in just four years. Like they generally bring quite a high standard over to nationals or the Arnolds or, you know, whatever ends up being the, the big pro qualifiers. Yeah, absolutely, man. I've, I've seen the standard raise um, as the years go by. And as a bodybuilding enthusiast, it's, um, it's really exciting. You know, like I'm almost a little bit envious that I'm not an amateur still, so I can be <laughs> a part of it. Uh, but, you know, it's really cool to see some of the, the new uh, crop of athletes come through. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And then what's been sort of like, have you run into any challenges personally, like, taking on this role on well relatively short notice i guess like or are you like thriving and loving it like being thrown into this role um yeah so with short notice i've been given practically two months to put this show together um whereas all the other states have had a lot longer um uh initially it's uh it was definitely a bit stressful it's um you know events management is just a lot of um, back and forwards, a lot of emailing, calling people. Um, basically, working a desk job, which is something I never, something I never really wanted to do. You know, and yeah, yeah. becoming a PT, I want to get away from the, the nine to five desk job. But um, you know, I am doing a lot of the the admin, the, the groundwork at the moment. But um, uh, I think my fruits of my labor will kind of come to fruition once the show happens and i'm able to be a part of the day and able to see all these athletes perform yeah awesome man and i guess it, it helps having you on the ground here in terms of 
having that local presence to bring in, you know, sponsors to support the show. Cause obviously these things don't run themselves and like, it's probably going to be more beneficial to the pro league having somebody with the boots on the ground, like you said. Yeah, absolutely, man. I've, um, when I became promoter, I was, I was so grateful that a lot of people have, uh, you know, reached out to me and offered their helping hand. And, um, yeah, I'm very grateful for the support the WA community has given me. And um, I definitely wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without the help of others. Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome, man. I know that if people are listening to this, you're probably going to see my mug either uh, helping you out on stage or backstage because I'll fall into my <laughs> services again. Uh, but it's good that people are coming out of the woodwork. It shows like the quality of person that you are, that people want to help. And also the fact that people are so excited about these shows being brought back to WA and like, having the, the IFBB stamp on, on the landscape again. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think, um, like I said, the WA community just keeps on growing and it's cool to see people, see people bind together and work together. And um, yeah, it's um, really exciting times. Yeah, man, awesome. And then and speaking of sponsors, like obviously this show, we're recording out early March, but this is going to come out just probably the week or 10 days before the show. How can people get in touch if maybe they've heard this and they actually have a business? They're like, you know what? I want to throw behind this and help out. Like, is there still sponsorship opportunities or how do people get involved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, never too late to sponsor the show. Um, you can just reach out to me in any, any of my social medias and uh, we can have a chat about our different packages. Awesome. Awesome. And the, the, the links to your Instagram and everything will be in the show notes. People can just click on that and they can send you a message if they don't already follow you. Um, yeah, but anything else that, about the, the pro journey or anything that you would like to talk about, I guess, in terms of, or the show coming up, is there anything that we haven't really covered on that front? Um, hmm. Not that I can think of. I guess uh, anyone who's listening, who's competing this season, just to make sure, um, they register early and then um, spring your best. Awesome. And that's probably by the IFBB Pro League um, website for registration, yeah? Yeah, ifbproleagueoz.com.au. You can uh, go on there and register and find out all the information you need. Awesome, yeah, perfect, perfect. So let's finish with one question, mate, and this is something I'm going to try to remember to ask every guest as, as we roll these interviews through. But... Looking back on everything you know now, what's one bit of advice you would give to yourself if you could go back to 10 years ago to a younger version of you? Oh, <laughs> I really don't like I really don't like questions like this just because you know <laughs> I, I truly believe things need to happen in a certain way for you to to be who you are today, right? Like yeah. you know, you could go back in time and, and tell yourself advice for you to avoid these mistakes but I think um, making mistakes helps you grow as a person um, so yeah I'm going to be boring and I'm, I can't really answer that question you know yeah, that, that's 100% that's exactly what I would probably have said as well but it's just it's going to be interesting to hear other people's opinions on that or the different advice that we give but I'm in the same mind like every mistake I've made has led me to where I am now you know every dating mistake has led me to meet my wife you know every job decision where I've left or took a job has led me to where I am now so like me I think that's a perfect answer to be honest with you mate so uh, in terms of people following you I encourage them to do that I also would like guys if you're listening to this and if you enjoyed this please take a screenshot and just tag me and Paulie in it so we know that this episode's gone down well 
And guys, don't forget to register. And if, you, if you're new to Polly and you don't follow him, click the link below, send him a message, let him know how you found him. And uh, I'm sure he'd love to have a chat, mate. But I really appreciate your time, buddy. Like I said, it has been a long time coming, but I could, we couldn't do season three without you, bud. So uh, it's a good time with the show coming up as well. So I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. That's great. Thanks, mate. See you soon. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of The O Show. If you know somebody who needs to hear this episode today, please share this with them via message or on social media. Don't forget to also take a screenshot and share it on your story and tag me at Oren Macari so we can continue to grow the podcast and help more people change their lives with the advice given here. Also, keep the five-star reviews coming over on iTunes as that helps people who normally wouldn't listen to the show find it and get The O Show in their ears and drive the podcast forward to help more people around the world with the advice here. Have a great day and I will speak to you soon.